All right, well, I'm really, really excited to be here right now because I'm doing two of my favorite things, which is one, talking and drinking coffee. But today is uh, a special morning because I'm not just drinking any coffee, I'm drinking Salvadorian coffee and specifically Don Leo coffee. So welcome to the show, Kristen. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I appreciate it. I've never done one of these. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> do I have to look good? Is there videos and cameras? You know? No, no, no. It's all voice, so okay. you're good. I shaved. I even shaved because yeah. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> No, you're totally cool. Um, but anyways, thanks again uh, for bringing coffee and pan dulce too. I'm eating quesadilla. Of course. <laughs> I mean, I thought about it. I'm like, okay, we're going to be talking about the coffee. Uh, it's only right to be drinking the coffee so you can get the full experience. Yeah. You know? And of course, you got to have pan dulce. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah, it's And it's perfect. in the morning, so. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. So I was, this is like probably the first time I ever am like really excited about waking up early in the morning. Because right? I know I'm going to drink coffee, so it's like, yeah. But like I said, this isn't just any coffee. It's specifically coffee from El Salvador. Yes. And Don Leo Coffee is your business, correct? Yes, correct. I created this. Uh, it's funny, a lot of people think my name is Leo. Like, Leo. like, Leo, hey! And I'm like, no, 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 I'm Christian. Don Leo was my grandfather, so I named it after my grandfather. Oh, nice. Um, okay. He passed away in uh, 2012. Um, and, uh, you know, my grandmother, uh, she's still alive. I love her and she lives in El Salvador and she was very excited and happy to hear that I was going to name my business after my grandpa. So, right, right. um, I have very fond memories of him. So he obviously is a very important person, a very important figure in my life. And, um, it's, and it, I like the name. It's a catchy name. It's yeah. an easy, you know, in Espanol and Ingles. Right, Whatever. right, right. Uh, sorry, can I do like Spanglish? No, uh, I like I, it too because okay. uh, Leo is like, yeah, no, 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 but you can totally do it both ways. Oh, okay. Spanish. Okay. I'm like, okay, I'm yeah, yeah. gonna be like, uh, what is he saying? No, 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 I mean, well, you know, the Subtitles. name is, the name of the podcast is Radio well, No Jodas. Right, yes. But yeah, no, you're anyone, to anyone who's listening, you're more than welcome to do it in both English or Spanish. Awesome. But yes, okay. but no, going back to the name, I totally like it too because Leo is actually, my dad's middle name is Leonardo. So, Leo, right. it's, yes, it's yes, one of my yes, favorite names. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Awesome. It's catchy, yeah. though. Has your family always been in the coffee business? Uh, no. Um, so, um, I mean, my family has, uh, like, survived the war um, in El Salvador. And, you know, there's a lot of things that kind of go into play. Right. Uh, for, or that came together for me to, for Don Leo to come to existence. Um, and I guess just to kind of go start from the beginning. Uh, so I was born in the eighties in 82 to be exact. So yeah, I'm 36. <laughs> um, and I came here, I came to the U S to LA specifically when I was 10. So in 92, so I lived all of the eighties, which is pretty much the entire war, right. the civil war. And I said, oh, um, and, uh, since I was a child, since I was a kid growing up in El Salvador, I was raised by my grandparents and my uncles. And my grandparents had 10 children, nine of whom were boys. Mm. And the one aunt, the one girl, she was a twin. So there was a twin boy that came with her. That was oh, a, that, wow. That's just kind of like interesting. It's like, wow, you get the one girl, but you got to take a boy. Right, right, right. In any case, the interesting thing about that is that during the war, um, for anyone who doesn't know, um, the both the guerrilla and the military um, would, uh, quote unquote, recruit Right. Really, like, kidnap, take the boys. Yeah. Um, and so, for that reason, my grandparents would keep moving from town to town, basically fleeing the war. Right. Um, so that none of their nine boys would get taken by um, either side. Because what would happen is they would basically stop uh, public transportation. Like, if you were on a bus, yeah. they would pull out all the, the boys and take them with them, whichever side it was. And if you didn't go, you basically they would kill, kill you, you yeah. on the spot. Right. Because mm -hmm. you're either with us or against us was basically exactly. the, yeah. the mindset. So that was kind of their experience. Like my my uncles and my grandmother sees me as like her 11th child. She's like, it is mi niño every time I go. And <laughs> I love her, you know, but that that's basically how I was raised. Uh, and I was the reason why I was raised with my grandparents and, and I would be, you know, uh, this... Uh, I, I, there's no way I can talk about my own story without 
bringing, uh, that, bringing up this portion of it. And it's that the reason why my grandparents raised me is because my mother had to basically leave us out or she was, my mother was 16 when I was born. And so she hadn't finished high school. She finished high school, bachillerato in El Salvador, right, right. Uh, in Santiago de Nueva and then, you know, uh, had to make the tough decision of what am I going to do, how am I going to provide for my son, right? Um, and and decided to basically come to the U.S. take the journey when I was I was one year old. Obviously, I don't remember that. Um, and I she was not able to bring me here. She worked. She came here. Got, no resources like many Salvadorian people did uh, during that time. Uh, so uh, I, I've learned, I think I, if there was an interview uh, that I posted um, on the Instagram page and pe- a lot of people read it and I got some responses where a lot of people related to it. You know, it's like, oh, my, my parents left and my grandparents raised me. That's my story. And yes, I know my story is not unique. Uh, uh, but it's, but it is a unique experience to have had like, I came to live with my mother and my stepfather and my sister in LA at the age of 10 mm. and going from literally living with, you know, my grandparents, my uncles, um, in El Salvador, in a third world country to overnight literally being, I don't want to say taken, but being, you know, because it sounds like I wanted to come. I, it sounds like, you know, it was done forcefully but it was kind of like it was a great it was a decision that had to be made but I was excited to do it and literally on my birthday Mm -hmm. on my 10th birthday I arrived in LA in a completely new world Mm -hmm. new world new language uh new country new culture new family really because I met my mother from what I can recall at the age of eight when she was finally able to go back like legally she got her papers and she was able to go and, of course, started the process to try to bring me here uh, because she didn't want to bring me illegally. And mm-hmm. just that journey was its just too rough to put your child through. And so I can only imagine. I know. I mean, I know because she's told me she has shared with me her struggle. I mean, she was cleaning houses. I mean, I helped her clean houses when I was in high school in the summer, you know. Um, so I know what she's had to go through to get me here. So, you know, it, my story is I feel like it's two stories combined and then I kind of merged them both and now I get to create my own uh, and I'd like it to be uh, to add to the legacy of both families so which is why I part of why I decided to name the business after my grandfather and so because he had he and my grandmother had so much to do with how I somehow ended up here. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just crazy that the, the the stories that I've heard from my uncles, uh, the things that they, they went through. And I mean, I myself remember, like, if anyone's familiar with, with you know, kind of the timeline in the war, La Ultima Ofensiva, which I believe was like 89, 90. Mm-hmm. Um, we happened to be living right between El Corte San Carlos and La Universidad Nacional which is basically being in the line of fire. Right. And I remember my grandmother just telling me, like, metete debajo de la cama, and, like, I would just run. I mean, I would just listen. Mm-hmm. I was, like, what, seven or eight? And so um, I do recall, like, bullet shells in our patios and he- just hearing, like, planes being taken down. And I'm like, I hope that one doesn't land, yeah. or, you know, over our house. So it, it, it's, it's, it's a long way. I feel like it, it, I've... I've come a long way just I guess to kind of like uh, illustrate the how far I feel like life has taken me so from being born in Zacatecoluca in a third world country during a war I actually graduated high school from Beverly Hills High School somehow some way I ended up there not because my parents have money like I said my my, my mother uh, used to clean uh, houses, mm-hmm. um, and, but because at the time, Beverly Hills High School, and anyone who like went to high school with me who hears this, um, will, will laugh because, it, you know, to go to Beverly Hills High School, it's one of those schools where you have to live in the district, you have to live in Beverly Hills, right. which we obviously didn't, um, but um, I happened to be a very good student when I was in middle school. Okay. In the eighth grade, I was attending Mark Twain Middle School, and I was the biggest nerd. Just you, 
because of what I'm about to describe. I was student body president. Uh-huh. I was after school tutor. I was peer mediator. I was in all honors classes and I had straight A's. So when Beverly Hills came around, Beverly Hills High School came around, uh, the, the middle schools outside of their district to increase the, their diversity. Um, <laughs> oh my they, God. Quit, yes, it was, it was part of their multicultural program. I mean, I mean, you know what? Look, I'm, I'm grateful for it. Like, yeah, I understand right, right, right. I was a token Latino in, in their school. So they came around and, and asked the principal, like, okay, we'd like your top five students. And I mean, of course, they immediately called me in and I was excited. I've always been the person who, you know, you say like, hey, look, we're going to go over there. Like, we've never gone there. I know you've never been there, but, you know, I know you've heard about it. And I'm like, yes, let's do it. Like, take me somewhere new, um, which was basically the same attitude I had when I was nine years old. And they told me I was my, my mom and my grandparents told me I they gave me the option, right? Like if I just completely didn't want to do it, I think that they would have, you know, kept me there. But I was so excited. I was like, oh, I get to go to LA? <laughs> yes, I'm in, right? Um, not knowing exactly what that meant. But to me, right. it was just something new. And then it was kind of the same. I I put those in the same, those two moments in my life in kind of similar categories because it was like taking me to a completely different world. And beyond, you know, it being a good school academically and taking me out of LAUSD and putting me in a more competitive place, um, I feel like it just expanded my horizons, you know, like here I was with these kids who were um, sons and daughters of like doctors, attorneys, celebrities, uh, and um, I wasn't. But uh, as of that moment, basically... We, the starting line had evened out, you know, I'm like, okay, well, now we're from here on out, you know, it's up to me because we're, now I'm, I've caught up to you guys and now we're starting from the same place. Yeah. In some ways, you know. That's um, cool. That's interesting because not, I don't think a lot of people have had this experience. It's, yeah, no, I mean, that's the thing. That's why I feel blessed in, in that, you know, my experiences were unique in that way and that I feel like, you know, that's a wide range uh, of in, in terms of perspective that you see from living in a third world country to like my friends on the soccer team like hanging out at their house or going trick-or-treating like in Beverly Hills because they're like hey you know we're going trick-or-treating uh, or we're going to a friend's house and it was like in Beverly Hills gotcha. so um, but Nevertheless, I, I've always had deep Salvadoran roots. Like I introduced my friends to like pupusas and, okay. and you know, a lot of Salvadoran, uh, I mean, I was the Latin guy, the token Latin guy who loved to dance all the time. Mm-hmm. And I remember, uh, thank you, Ricky Martin for, and Enrique Iglesias for coming out with like, for crossing over during that time because I was in high school and like they became popular and it was like, who can dance to their music? Me, this guy, right, like right, right. I can. So it, it was, uh, I don't know, the timing of things was was interesting, but yes. Yeah, so. I would assume so. But yeah, uh, going into introducing culture into, you know, to other people and stuff, I think introducing Salvadorian culture specifically is like a whole different ball game as opposed to a much bigger Latinx culture. And one that we're surrounded by a lot here in LA. But, um, cause like right now, moment, like currently, we're literally drinking your coffee. And it's directly coming from El Salvador. Oh, yes. And yes. I, I remember there was one point, you know, I think self identity is a big, big, big topic or something we always touch up, touch on when I'm talking to a guest on, on my show. And, I remember, like, I would, you know, growing up, I was like, okay, I know what I know from home, but what do I know from the outside world that's from, you know, in San Valor? So I remember there was one point where, like, I just, like, I've always loved coffee. Like, I think, like, my mom introduced coffee to me when I was, like, maybe, like, three or something. (laughs) But um, I've been drinking coffee since I was little, and then there was one point where I was like, okay, I want to try Salvadorian coffee. And I remember the exact time I was in high school, I think I was like maybe 14 or younger. I think it was 14, yeah. So it's going to be 10 years ago. 
Um, so yeah, I'm 20, I'm going to be 24, but anyways, um, that's not that important. But my point is, is like, I remember I went to a pupuseria and I was like, do you have coffee? And they were like, yeah, of course we do. And I was like, no, but do you have Salvadorian coffee? And the waitress was like, what do you mean Salvadorian coffee? And I was like, yeah, cafe yeah. from El Salvador. And then she was just like, I don't think we do. We just have... I don't know, Nescafe or like so, Folgers or something. Yes, absolutely. Which is, it, it, so I myself have always loved coffee. And I don't know if people are aware of how much coffee is embedded, ingrained, like part of Salvadoran culture, like yes. Salvadoran history. I mean, all of the 1900s, like coffee was the uh, uh, the product, the the... the the grain, the the the, the export, of, the yeah. staple, the everything of El Salvador. Like at one point, it accounted for about ninety percent of the mm-hmm. gross domestic product in El Salvador. Right in the seventies, El Salvador was the third or fourth largest coffee producing and exporting country in the world. And I don't know if you guys have looked on a map. El Salvador is tiny, like compared to all the other coffee producing countries. Right, but in that tiny piece of land, of beautiful, gorgeous land. Uh, there are 22, 23 um, active volcanoes, which volcanic land is the ideal place to grow coffee. That's right. where in tropical climate, which is obviously like red smack where Salvador is. Right. So that's why all the resources are there. Like, I mean, after the war and, and all the political issues that have gone on, like the, the coffee industry has suffered a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but all the natural resources are still there. Obviously, yeah. all the volcanoes are still there. So it's a huge part of culture. And interestingly enough, so as a kid, I was kind of a nerd. So I would read encyclopedias. Um, I don't know why, but I found them interesting. And what I, one of the things that I found very interesting was they had all these rankings. Like if you go into like agriculture, you would see like uh, the different uh, uh, wheat, corn, all these um, products that, that uh, agricultural products that, that people um, or the countries around the world would produce. Mm-hmm. And the only one where I, that, the one that popped in my head, the only one where I saw El Salvador's name was like coffee. I was like, what? Look at, we got coffee? Yeah. Man, we're, and so I remember that from when I was a kid. And growing up in LA, fast forward to growing up in LA, um, several years ago, I was like, you know, I'm going to go find some good uh, Salvadoran coffee. And I started to Google it. And I literally, I got up and I went to Whole Foods. And I'm like, okay, there's got to be some Salvadoran coffee here. Because even when if it this, isn't. Sorry? Uh, this had to be like around 2010 or so. Okay. So not too long ago. No, but no, I mean, no, no. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I, I wanted to have some because, you know, every time I go to El Salvador, like I would have coffee there. And then it just hadn't, I hadn't clicked in my head that, well, I haven't seen any of these brands of coffee in LA whenever I was in El Salvador. It just didn't click. And then right. I was here one time and I'm like, wait a minute, why can't I buy some Salvadorian coffee here? Like some yeah. good stuff besides the instant coffee, that stuff that like everybody is accustomed to. Right. And I went to look and I was just like, wow, I couldn't find anything. Um, not even like, you know, the, the, other big brands, big roasters that bring coffee from different countries, like that's not necessarily like a Costa Rican brand or a Colombian brand, but an American brand, a U.S. brand that basically imports coffee from there and sells it at, you know, in bulk at like Whole Foods or Bristol Farms or these uh, gourmet stores, right? right? I didn't find any of it. So I, I was shocked and that stuck with me. And so um, during my next few trips to El Salvador, like I went to a... Um, a beneficio. I did uh, like a tour and I wanted to see and I asked questions. I'm like, hey, so where do you guys export? You know, I went to a beneficio, um, a finca slash beneficio in uh, Santa Ana mm, and I asked. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Right? No, well, well, I, I mean, the western part of El Salvador is where the bulk, the, the majority of the high quality coffee comes so from. For, yes. yes yeah, La Patria Occidente, yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, my coffee, Don Leo coffee, for those of you that don't know, comes from Apaneca, right. uh, which is in Huachapan. It's that little triangle where Santana, Sosonate, Huachapan, like yes. meat, uh, La Ruta de las Flores, like that area right there. Like I went there 
and gorgeous coffee i mean like they have even like artesanias yes. of like the coffee beans yeah, like coffee, you could, that's like coffee land oh literally my God. Yeah, like, yeah yeah i think yes. i even posted that on like a, an instagram caption i was like this is like a coffee lover's dream yes, because absolutely. yeah it was it was amazing yes 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 cool. and so good to know uh, good yeah to know. absolutely that that's where some of the best coffee from us comes i mean there are there is great coffee in other areas but it's not as prevalent it's not it, it's not is it because of the volcanic yes the, basically there yeah there's volcanic uh ranges there yes. so that helps that provides right, a lot right, more right. land the, the, the climate uh, is ideal so um at some point i'm sure the the industry decided like well, we're going to establish our beneficios here and we're going to process all of this and for those of you that don't know uh the beneficios basically um it's like where the co-ops are so farmers can be good at growing great coffee right but they don't necessarily know how to process it, like how to make it into what you brew at home. Okay. Because, so part of this entire business process, like, I mean, and, and I, I guess I have to like, I'll, I'll go into more detail and, you know, try to keep the timeline like congruent. But, um, so the, the coffee, there's amazing coffee really in so many different parts of the world. But of course, because I'm Salvadoran, I want to bring coffee from Salvador here. And, um, I, in February of last year, uh, February 2nd to be exact, so it's, Jesus, it hasn't even been a year. I quit my corporate finance job. I was working for a Fortune 500 company, which shall not be named, but I'm sure you guys can probably Google me or find me on LinkedIn and figure out what it is, but I'm not going to say it here. Um, yeah, in don't any do case, that, guys, please. Uh, <laughs> no, okay. Yeah. So, in any case, um, I quit my job February 2nd of last year, and I immediately went to El Salvador to start. And I had, I mean, I didn't have the name of the brand. I didn't have suppliers. I didn't have anything. I had to go to El Salvador and source everything. Uh, I was fortunate enough to get um, uh, investors to get me started, to get me get the business going. Um, because I put together a business plan and whatnot. And so I immediately decided to quit my job and I dedicate my life to coffee, right? Salvadoran coffee specifically. Um, and I spent uh, over three months out there um, just trying all kinds of different coffee, traveling the country, which is an amazing experience. I mean, but it was work, right? I was so wired, <laughs> but uh, it was great. So, but I found a lot of different amazing types of coffee um, you know, coffee, to those of you that know, are familiar with wine, it's like, it, much like wine, depending on the, the, the grape and where it's grown and how you process it, the wine will taste different. Well, same thing with coffee. And so, but I found a lot of these like small farmers who had amazing coffee, but they, other than like, you know, growing it and then putting it in a sack and harvesting it and giving it to me, then they couldn't do much. However, right. If I was going to sell a product here, and this is kind of more from a business perspective, I needed someone to process it, right? right? To package it, put it in a bag that looks pretty that I can put it on a shelf here. That's going to compete because if I'm going to bring a product that's going to represent El Salvador, and if anybody has uh, gone on my Instagram or on my website and seen the packaging, the presentation, it's all about El Salvador. Like on the, in the front, it says Doneo Coffee from El Salvador. On the right. back, I have the map of El Salvador with, uh, you know, uh, um, a little scripture. And so, you know, I wanted it to, like, if I'm going to compete with these guys, I want to bring it, right? Like, I'm not, and it, at this point, Don Leo Coffee is bigger than me. Yes, it's my business, but it's my grandfather's name and legacy, my family's legacy. And it's the first 100% Salvadorian brand of gourmet coffee that is distributed in massively in the U.S., right? So, and, I mean, the U.S. is just my starting point, I, you know, Coffee is a global um, commodity. Like everyone in the world drinks coffee. So my goal is to grow the Salvadorian coffee industry, bring it back to where it was in the 60s and 70s, nice. and just make it a world, like a global product. Like I want people in the world, around the world to hear, oh, have you ever had Donel coffee? Yeah, that's great coffee from El Salvador. Like that's, that's the reaction I want them to have. I want that to be a household name. And so because of that, I needed to make sure that basically I brought it, you know, like, you know, I'm going to, if I'm going to play with the big boys, I'm going to, you know, come ready. Yeah. And, you know, if anybody ever, you know, thinks about or mentions Salvadoran coffee, Café from El Salvador, then, you know, they're going to know, they're going to have this great image um, of El Salvador. Yeah, and which so, I think is very crucial because 
you know, with anything with El Salvador, like, it's always being nitpicked, like, any topic. And that's due to many, many years of stereotypes of bad media representation. So, yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. When you're bringing, especially, like, a product like that, mm -hmm. it needs to have that or maintain that quality that people yes, want. Because is... you can't just bring something and it's, like, it's total crap and then people are like, oh, look. Well, yeah, which is why, and I mean, look... <sighs> In terms of, which is why I decided that this should be gourmet coffee. And like there, a lot of people drink instant coffee, but just so you guys know, instant coffee is like the leftovers. Yeah. Like if you go to any beneficiary, to any finca, they'll tell you like, yeah, we make the instant coffee with like lo que queda. Like Basically. they'll sweep off whatever's yeah. left over from after they pick all the good coffee, they process it, all the good beans. And then they make that into and process it differently into instant coffee. So it's not the best quality coffee you can have. Um, but, but to my point is I wasn't going to bring, introduce a new brand of coffee into a, such a huge market, uh, hugely competitive market, uh, as the U S um, I wasn't going to bring instant coffee. I wasn't going to bring anything lower than gourmet, high quality, you know, high end product. Like this is how I want people, what I want people to see of El Salvador because we do have a lot of amazing coffee. It isn't just, oh, we have some coffee, but like our best coffee is like instant coffee. No, we have some of the best coffee in the world and I want people to know that. Yeah. I want it to be perceived that way. And so, you know, our own people, I mean, obviously what I'm trying to do is bring um, Doneo coffee into grocery store chains, into restaurants. And ideally, I want to start with our own people with all the Salvadoran restaurants, Pupuserias, Panaderias in LA. And also all the grocery stores, uh, the, the Latino-oriented, uh, uh, Salvadorian, Central American-oriented, uh, Hispanic, what, whatever it is that, that they decide to call it, what, what the ones that are uh, catering to our people, mm -hmm. I want to be able to introduce our product there. And the first reaction I get is like, no, no, eh, no, la gente que viene aquí no, no pide café gourmet, o no le interesa, o no quiere pagar, o... And I'm just like, that's just not true. Like, it, it may have been true. And I'm finding that the, I'm learning a lot through this process because the product itself is so attached to the culture, right? right. Um, there's a huge generational, I want to say, yeah, it's a generational gap. There, there, there's a different mindset between the generation that came as immigrants in the 70s, 80s, and maybe even the 90s. And those of us who grew up here, like I'm an immigrant myself, uh, but I grew up here, you know, after, you know, 10 years old, I was, I mean, basically. You adapted. Well, yes, yeah, I've you... adapted. And so I have a different mindset than like my parents who came here. Correct. Um, right. You know, they, our parents, their generation uh, has came with the mentality of survival. They right. were trying exactly. to, they wanted to get whatever base, whatever basics, um, they could afford what's convenient whatever, for them yeah, to live convenient. and yes. survive at that Correct. time. Correct. Yeah, yeah. To get to a certain point, we have grown up like our generation, my generation, yours and mine. I think we still. Have <laughs> I think so too. I, don't know. I feel old now. No, it's cool. Case. Thank you for making uh, me feel more mature. Then, because <laughs> no, when people uh, see me, they're just like, "Wow, you look so much. You look so much younger than you really are." I'm like, "Thank you." You do, but that's a good thing. See, it like, is a good thing. Later on, like decades from now, you'll be like, "Thanks." Exactly. With so, more going on. Yes, yes, year. yes. So um, we have a different mindset than yes, from what yes, our parents. Yes, we do. Right? We do because we grew up here. So like, we grew up with you know all these different uh coffee uh shops coffee stores coffee resources things resources. around yes. us yeah and, so, sure. and we also have the purchasing power exactly so because because we we're getting our education here because we're learning here we're, we're adapting to the system here this is how we're growing up and so it, you know business owners the the restaurant owners the store owners that when they originally opened their stores they were catering to that generation not to our generation so we go to like the anglo stores we'll go to we'll, we'll go to like our parents grocery stores and buy like you know platanos and frijoles and all that right, stuff right, right right and the the stuff that we know we can get from home pan dulce but then we'll go to the anglo stores and buy like oh like the gourmet stuff you know let me exactly. go over there and get my kale <laughs> let me go over there and get my coffee it's so so you know that mindset of the, the these business owners um 
is, I think, short-sighted in a way. I mean, it's their business. That's fine. At some point, you know, the market, and, and I know I'm getting technical with like business and finance, but that's just, I have to do all of this to, to create, um, you know, a market for myself, a demand for Don Leo coffee. Right. Uh, and for those of you that don't know, I mean, maybe it's, people are not aware, but I'm a one-man show. Like, I do everything. I, you know, I sourced everything. I, I'm the supply chain guy. I'm the marketing guy. I'm the sales guy. I'm the coffee tasting guy. Um, I do all the social media. Like, there is no employees. Like, there is a one team. Like, Which um, is impressive you know? because... I think that shows more like to the people purchasing and how authentic it is because you're just staying true to your brand and you're not just, you know, like you could easily have hired a bunch of people to be like, yeah, you know what I hear? I own the name. I own the business. You guys handle the rest. Now it's good to know that you are, you're the one behind literally everything. Yes. So. Yes. You know, absolutely. I mean, in, well, there are many factors that go into why that's why it is that way. But, but yes, among, among other things, like, the thing is like it, it I have to when you're building a business from scratch you know no matter how good it is no matter how great my product is nobody's gonna buy it if they don't know about it mm -hmm. right like I have to advertise it so I have to have a strategy for that like it's you know depending on your type of business you have to know all the ins and outs of every aspect um, from the supply chain to your demographic like your target demographic your target clientele who's gonna buy it and where do you need to place it so that they can see it so that they can buy it you know, uh, social media has been great. Uh, thank you all for the support on social media. You guys are amazing. Um, Which, by the way, what are your social media handles? Where oh, can we find okay. you? Yes, yes. So on Facebook, uh, literally Don Leo Coffee. And on Instagram, it's Don underscore Leo underscore Coffee. Gotcha. Uh, and then, oh my God, like on Twitter, it's like Don Leo. That one's weird because it's <laughs> like, I have to like figure that one out. Um, I think I have it. It's. Let me see here. <laughs> what am I? What am I? In the meantime, I'm just gonna take a sip oh, of the coffee. It's so. <laughs> at Don Leo Coffee and the number one. So Don Leo Coffee, the number one. Gotcha. Okay. So no spaces, nothing. Um, but in any case, so, you know, I refuse to downplay the 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 quality of our product. Um, because again, it's not just representing me, it's representing our country. This, uh, you can ask a lot of people anywhere in the U.S., have you ever had Salvadoran coffee? About 95% of them will like, say no. Mm -hmm. And they don't know. They probably have because a lot of these big coffee companies will buy, like they, they will go Should and buy like full crops. Should we name one specific one that people <laughs> the, probably don't know it's, where it's coming from? Uh, well, we can. I mean, uh, you it's know. It's like cough uh, Starbucks. Yes. <laughs> There you so, go. <laughs> yes. So they actually uh, bring a ton of Salvadoran coffee, and they're not Pacamara, the only ones. Pacamara, right? If I'm not I'm mistaken, sorry? it's uh, Cafe Pacamara. Uh, well, they, they bring all kinds of it, but the, what they do is they, um, because there are so many different varieties of coffee, they don't. If you walk into a, one of their stores, one of their shops now, you're not going to see a any of their coffees advertised as being from El Salvador. Yeah. They're, they put it in their blend. Some of their best stuff has it in there. Um, but That's it's not advertised it. as yeah. such. I mean, they'll actually have coffees from other countries, like even Guatemala. And, yeah, I mean, I've there, seen There's amazing coffee from but Guatemala But it's never well. not from like yes. El Salvador, like a specific... Yes. But even know. if it was from El Salvador, they're clearly a huge uh, corporate um, enterprise and... You know, they're not Salvadoran, so they're like, how are they going to represent our people, our right. culture that way? Right. Um, no shade to just, Starbucks, I still no, buy absolutely. coffee from there. <laughs> I don't. Shameful, but, <laughs> sorry, shameful plug, shameful. <laughs> but but no, and so they're you know it's a fine it, it's it's a fine business model. It works for them. That's right, okay. whatever works for um, them. Yes, and so I you know I can respect that. However, I want I feel and I know that our people can do better. Like yes. there's, there are better avenues for them. Like I can help them do better. Now I'm a little guy. I can't go there and buy a full crop of, you know, uh, this finca and that finca and that finca and, you know, uh, negotiate a lower price. I'm having my coffee 100% processed out there. So these, the big companies will buy the full crop like raw and they'll bring it here and roast it. Right, right. And that's why you hear the locally roasted. That's the buzzword here in the U.S. And why? Because... There is no coffee grown in the U.S. There's coffee grown in Hawaii, 
but there's nowhere near like the capacity, the production capacity and quality as like any of the other coffee growing countries gotcha. in the world, including El Salvador. I had no idea. And so, but there is no coffee grown in the U.S. Otherwise, you better believe you would hear like U.S. grown. American because, coffee. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what you would hear. No. So yeah, the best right. thing they can do is that. say that it's locally roasted because mm -hmm. they, but you don't know where it's coming from. They'll say made in wherever, in Northern California mm -hmm. or you know, uh, in Oregon, in Portland, wherever, like all these, in Seattle, all these coffee, you know, towns, so to speak. Um, but they, you know, you don't know. People think that that means that I've had people tell me like, oh, this place I go to, like their coffee's from San Jose. And I'm like, um, no, it's not. There's no <laughs> coffee grown in California. And so, I mean, they're trying to now, but it's, it isn't ever going to get to that point. Right. Just not when you have the natural resources that El Salvador does. So my coffee is 100% processed at the source. Like literally, it's grown, processed, dried, uh, roasted, ground, and packaged by the farmers um, that own the Beneficio that I work with in El Salvador. So it's 100% Salvadoran. They package it and then they ship it to me in LA. And then I distribute it. From here to all you lovely people who order yes. online or go to the stores or the restaurants. Yeah. Um, shout out to right Ilovasqueño yesterday, our newest, uh, my newest client. I love them. They're on Meros. Ilovasqueño, that's great. a restaurant, right? Yes, that is yes. a restaurant. Yes. City, yeah, and restaurant. So shout out to you guys. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I'm looking at the package right now. I know you guys can't see, but hold on, let me see if they can hear this. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm smelling the coffee and it just smells amazing. I mean, this is, oh my God, like you have no idea. I'm like in heaven right now. I'm like, <laughs> no, and, talking, and, and, and I want that was part of, coffee. you know what? All of it, you know, it's all part of branding, part of the image, part of the presentation. I yeah. wanted, when I went to the Beneficio that I ended up finally settled on working with, um, I asked them for this specific flavor profile. You know, I, you know, I actually took a couple of bags of specialty coffees from, here that you know had Salvadoran coffee as one of their product lines they'll say like a Salvadoran blend or Salvadoran and El Salvador y Brazil or Salvador y Costa Rica or something like that and I took it because I wanted the the the, the roaster the the taster like the the people down there at the Beneficio to know basically what I was going to come and compete with right this is what's on the shelves back in LA this is the flavor profile that I'm going to be competing with, I want something better than this. Okay. And they were up for it. They were like, yes, give me that. They like snatched the bags from my hand so quickly. They were like, let me put this, grind it. <laughs> and they like lined them up. And believe me, like the other coffees that I brought, like they just paled in comparison to what they presented to me as a potential product. And I settled on this. I wanted it to be from like from the aroma, from when you pick up a bag, like, oh my God, you smell it. You, 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 you. You just know that you're going to have a great cup of coffee. And I want that to be like the experience that anybody who drinks Don Leo coffee to have. Like from the moment they receive the bag, you know, they open up the box when I mail it to you guys, you know, just to know like, oh my God, I'm about to be in coffee heaven. Yes. And it's in El Salvador. So. Yeah, no, I love this because I'm looking at the package right now and I love that there's a volcano right here. But yes. you guys can't yes. see this, but when you go on Instagram or uh, you have or, a website. Or on the website, yes. yes. Donleo.coffee is the website. Gotcha. Donleo.coffee. Yeah, check it out. And then I love, love the the logo and also just the font because it looks like a vintage font that says El Salvador. And in the back, too, I love the outer look of the country. And it says, taste the rich essence of El Salvador's coffee bean, a gift of nature grown on volcanic skirts. I love that. I thank you. This yeah, is great. It's, yeah, that's that's amazing. what I want. I want people to get the essence of not just you know I, I want you to drink this coffee and just feel like you're transported to you know La Ruta de las Flores to Apaneca to sitting. Which I can confirm know. is what this is doing for me right now because I'm telling you you know like I when I went to Ataco and like I watch a bun and I passed through La Ruta de las Flores all I was thinking about was oh my gosh coffee, so this is. What you just said, this is that. So, and if you're a coffee snob like I am, <laughs> yes, if you're a self-professed coffee snob, I you want to, you yes. to try my coffee and critique it. I, I, you know, I pride myself in 
in the product that that I'm I'm presenting from El Salvador, and and I haven't had anyone tell me like, oh no, this is terrible because it isn't. It's it's a it's a great quality product. Um, so yes, no, please by all means. And there are people that are coffee snobs that don't know it, and I'll tell you why because they're. You were saying there's people that are oh, coffee so snobs without them yes, knowing. People that are coffee snobs without them knowing, and I love letting people find. I don't I don't like to say converting people. I like to say. You're opening their eyes because they are coffee snobs and they don't know. They're so accustomed to drinking coffee. Like, I can tell you, like, as an example, uh, a lot of my uncles, I would send them some coffee. And uh, they, they like my coffee, obviously, but they're so accustomed to drinking, like, instant coffee. So then when they run out of my coffee, they're, like, hitting me up, like, uh, mijo, ya se me acabó el café. Ya no me gusta el que, el que estaba tomando antes. So uh, I love that. I do. Because... You know, people will say, oh, yeah, well, it's good. And so, like, they'll drink my coffee. And then they just figure they can just, whenever they finish mine, they can go back to whatever they were having before. No, your palate and you just, just changes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can't unknow something. You can't unsee something. Like, it changes you. And I like that. Yeah. I like to feel like I'm giving someone an experience that is changing their perspective on coffee. And now they refuse to have anything that's, like, not of gourmet quality, that, that is not at this level. And the fact that it's Salvadoran coffee, I love it. You know, I want that to be, I want that to be, and you know, there's so much potential, you know. There um, is, and it will get there. I have faith. Absolutely, it's, it's a matter of time. It isn't easy, like, to be completely honest. I mean, it, it's not easy. It's so much fun. It's been quite the roller coaster, okay? This whole experience, I do whatever it is, whatever it takes for me to, you know, uh, get to the next phase, get to the next stage. I've, I've sent out and dropped off samples at so many restaurants at so many uh, grocery stores independent and chains and you know i've been declined by some of the bigger ones and that's okay because they don't think that you know latinos in general are ready for gourmet coffee which i i find that to be incorrect uh, yeah. but that's okay in time they'll come around um so i do um i do i mean as any businessman i find other demographics that i'm catering to like uh, currently, you guys can actually purchase the coffee and um, physically purchase the coffee in independent grocery stores in Hermosa Beach, Manhattan Beach, Playa del Rey, and Cork City. And what There's are the names of these stores? So in Hermosa Beach, it's the Green Store and Bocados. So these are specialty like delis and people will go on there and they buy this type of product and they love it. I mean, I do tastings there. Uh, in Manhattan Beach, it's Manhattan Grocers, in Playa del Rey is Gordon's Market, and then in Cork City is Sol Made uh, Market. And hopefully soon, in a few others, like popular ones that have come out that are in Venice and Santa Monica, Crossing Fingers, because I dropped off some samples, they seem to like it, so we'll see. I like to put it all out there. Um, I know it's a matter of time. Yeah. I, I did not expect this to be easy. I'm quitting my job, you know. <laughs> So my whole family, uh, you know, even those who love me, like, you know, and are very supportive of me and believe in me, they were like, mijo, but you know, that's a, that's a, that's a good job. You know, you went to grad school, like this was the job I got, like, uh, as I was getting my MBA and, you know, it was the corporate finance job that I wanted, but it just wasn't, it turned out it was fine, but I wanted more. And it wasn't fulfilling me like I needed it to. I totally and so, feel you on that. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go out there and just, uh, you know, I'm just going to take a leap. Yeah. And I did. And I didn't expect it to be easy. And, and you know, my family <laughs> thinks I'm crazy for doing this. For I you don't. Know, but, I'm like, I don't. <laughs> but, but they're supportive, you know. They were, yeah. you know, And a lot of them were like, how are you going to do this? How are you going to uh, pay your bills and whatnot? Like, and so it... It's been quite the roller coaster. I like it. I enjoy it. I wouldn't have it any other way, and especially knowing, you know, every time, you know, it gets rough and I get a lot of no's and then I get like a few yeses and it just, like one yes just completely depletes, like control, I'll delete on all the no's <laughs> that I've gotten for that week. Like I could take L's all week long and then get like one yes on Friday like I did yesterday with one new customer and I'm just like, yes. Love it, and especially when it's like a Salvadoran restaurant. It's like one of our people like seeing my vision, and and that's okay. And I think actually I posted something like this uh, recently 
on my personal page. Like, you know, it's okay if people don't see your vision. They don't have to. Right. That's fine. It's not their vision. It's yours. Yes. So you just have to kind of keep walking along this path. And for those of you out there, and I mean, you know, this is, I don't, I don't know, like maybe I'm a little bit of a tangent, but if you are doing something you hate and there's something, sorry, and, <laughs> really I get all expressive <laughs> here, you know, um, you're doing something and you don't enjoy it as much as you could and there's something you really truly want to do oh my god by all means look take a leap uh i mean do your research i i like to take calculated risks this was a huge risk but i did a lot of research and i kind of have an idea and prepared for like worst case scenario right but it's so worth it like no risk no reward you know i just couldn't see myself working at that company for 30 years and then retiring and calling that a life I just, that was just, uh, I couldn't do it, you know? And mind you, I have already have experience working, in, you know, in the corporate world for quite some time. I just couldn't, see, I was done with it, you know? Yeah. And uh, seeing an opportunity, if you see an open door and it's just such an exciting, it just excites you to even think about it. And you're like, should I go in? Should I do this? Should I not? I mean, it's just, it's just going to be a matter of time before you actually just say, you know what, screw it. And like something's going to happen in that other situation, whether it's your job or whatever situation is you you are in that you're not particularly enjoying, you, something's going to happen and you're just going to say, you know what, screw it, and you're going to run through that door and it's going to be such an amazing feeling. So that's been my personal experience. Like I, wow, I can, I'm grateful for, you know, all the um, the challenges, the successes, the there's been small victories all along the way and there's always, there's also been challenges. And I've learned so much. I am learning so much, you know, uh, from a business perspective, from a cultural perspective, because of the fact that it's outdoor and coffee, like it touches so much. I have these conversations with these business owners, whether they say yes or no, that I can identify with. And, you know, they learn about me. I learn about them. And then I learn a little bit more of oh, why these people don't think that, you know, their customers are going to drink this coffee. And then I can kind of change my strategy or tailor it a little bit okay. um and so for a business perspective I, it's it's a huge learning experience and then also personally and culturally so i love that i i come closer and closer and identify more with my salvadoran roots which have never left me you know right, right. i think like i walk in the room and people are like oh this guy this, this guy's latino <laughs> <laughs> i have a hard time i mean not that i want to i don't try to i love that i you know um I love blending my, the cultures that, you know, I was born and raised with and then the ones I grew up in, grew up with and adapted to here in LA. Yeah. So I love that. So apart from having your coffee being sold at major stores, what's the ultimate vision or goal that you have for Don Leo Coffee? Um, I, I think the best way I can describe it is, you know, to become a, a household name but not just as a product, but, you know, as the image or part of the image that people have of the, the Salvadoran as a country, yeah. as a culture, as a people, mm -hmm. you know, because, it, you know, there isn't, we have pupusas, yes, and we have amazing food and people are familiar with it. They're like, oh, that's good. Uh, but it's not seen or perceived as gourmet or high quality stuff for whatever reason and to be honest it should be because there's so much more that goes into making that than like say like avocado toast but you know uh that but that is perceived like i mean avocado toast is like 12 bucks or 15 bucks or something right. and the is like two dollars i mean yeah and have you seen how much work goes into it i mean yeah exactly the, the ladies who make pupusas like Our the people food who make is pupusas, so rich. amazing so good, they make yeah. it look easy but it isn't. Okay? It's exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, I want to take our, like, I would like for Salvadoran restaurants to say, you know what? We're going to open up a gourmet Salvadoran restaurant. We're going to have gourmet coffee and gourmet One food. One day. And so, One day. I want our people to know, you know, decimos que se la crean, you know, to know that we are that good. Hell we yeah. are, we have gourmet products, we have high quality global products, you know. Coffee is a global commodity. Our coffee is already sold in Europe and in the United States, but it's not representing us. It's not, no one says it's coffee from El Salvador. They just call it whatever their brand is. Mm -hmm. And then that's it. Like, but it isn't represent. I mean, look, I, 
The people from Colombia and Brazil particularly have done a great job marketing their coffee, their product, and they're known for it. And I, you know, you know what? Hats off to them. They've done a great job. Our country has had a lot more struggles and things to go through, the people, the culture, politically and whatnot. But it's our time. We can do it. It's there. And, and you know, yeah. I just, it's one of those things. Like, if I had never done this, if I had not quit my job to go and do this, I would have hated myself for the rest of my life. I would have been on my deathbed and like, oh, I could have helped like my people just even get out there more, you know, and, and put their, put our names out there, put our, our, our country on a bigger map, you know, on a bigger scale. And I would, I just couldn't live with that. And so to me, again, it's, yes, it's something nobody has done before. It's a great business opportunity, but it's so much bigger than that. You know, it's my, my family legacy, our, our country's image, our, our legacy, our, our, culture yes i mean just this it it, this episode for me is like full full circle right here because it's like we're talking about your business we're talking about representation you just mentioned you know putting a name to us and i think uh, if i'm going to quote you correctly you know it's time for it's our time yes hashtag our our time time, but also for us to be like yeah like to think about ourselves on that level because i think we should and i think that's something that your brand and my brand and this is a moment where it's like i gotta say it you know like not because like me creo mucho but it's like we're taking that leap to actually do that because it's time so for me you know sitting here drinking your coffee that's specifically Salvadorian coffee. And I think we've said Salvadorian coffee like maybe a hundred times yes, in this episode. But, but, but I, I like that because yeah. I don't know that it's been said so much. Thank you. You know, yes, in the I past, agree. in history, like how many people talk about Salvadorian coffee, yeah. you know, here in the U.S., you know, at this level with this uh, with this level of respect and knowledge and, and acknowledgement, you yeah. know, um and, and I want that to continue to grow and and I'm seeing like I mean gosh when I get orders from across the country from from just places I'm just like wow there's like Salvadoran people in uh, Arkansas and Kansas and obviously New York DC Maryland uh I got oh my god I got one from Utah and I was like oh my god like how did this guy get there but but it's great uh I love that because I know I'm bringing something uh, to these people that they can't have, that they want, that they crave, you know, and beyond that. But our coffee goes beyond that, our, you know, because it's good enough to compete with anyone, with any other type of coffee around the world in any market. You know, look, Don Leo coffee can be at your local, you know, Salvadorian grocery store, at your local Salvadorian restaurant, but it can also be at Whole Foods, at Bristol Farms, at Lazy Acres, these gourmet stores that sell quote-unquote high-end coffee that comes from a lot of our countries. And the thing is, yes, this is Salvadoran coffee, and I'm doing it from, from El Salvador because I'm Salvadorian, but the same thing happens with the rest of Central America. Like, there's no Guatemalan brand of coffee, but there's Guatemalan coffee. Right. There's U.S. brands that are bringing coffee from Guatemala, from Costa Rica, from even from Honduras and Nicaragua, but do you know any brands? Have you heard of any actual uh, brands? None that I know of. But yeah. yeah, and so all these, the, the U.S. roasters, and I mean, look, it's fine. They're, it's a business model. They, they It works well. I mean, they have to pay for the product, but, you know, that business model doesn't work well for the farmers back home. And, you know, I want to change that. I want also the farmers back home to know, like, oh, wow, like, we're so good we can produce something that's being sold on the shelves of some of some of the, the, the best or the most well-known gourmet stores in the U.S., in Europe, wherever. You know, I want them to know that. I want them to see like, oh, wow, there's like an opportunity to do business, to for our business to grow in the U.S. And I want more beneficiaries to, you know, say like, you know what, we're going we're gonna to start doing this. We're, you know, we're going to uh, step up our game. We're not only going to grow the coffee and harvest it, but we're going to process it. We're going to package it and we're going to do it in such a way that anyone in the world will want to come and get gourmet coffee. And we're going to have our own brand and get the full benefit of the process and not, not just sell the, the, the raw coffee bean and let them let the roasters and the other companies just 
do whatever they want with it, you know, without representing who we really are. Right. And to me, that that is, as I when I started this, you know, yes, it was a business idea, but when I started, when I got as I got deeper and deeper into it, it became so much more. I found and I learned so much more, and it, and it just it's at the point of no return. Like, there's no way I'm stopping this. Like, there's no way I'm gonna anyone's gonna talk me out of continuing to do this no matter how many no's I get because it's there like it is absolutely there and and you know the opportunities just for us to take it you know for us to seize the moment you know definitely so yes well thank you so much for thank you thank you for the (laughs) space I've never done this you know I've never done a podcast so hopefully you guys like it and enjoy it and I didn't like ramble on no, you're good. But where, where can we find you again? Where can people find your coffee? Yes, and your business? yes. Okay, so uh, first place for anybody who's not in LA, donleo.coffee, www.donleo.coffee. Uh, you can learn about me, my grandfather, and also order the coffee there, whether it's ground, whole bean, and you can order mugs too. Like I made mugs, they're pretty, they're cute. Uh, <laughs> so anywhere in the, I ship anywhere in the US, I actually ship to Canada as well. Okay. That's a little bit more costly, um, but um, hopefully soon I'll be able to expand out there as well. And if you are in the LA area, there are three restaurants that are currently serving it. One of whom is now uh, Ilo Vasqueño Restaurant on Maros. Uh, there's actually Honey Bee's House of Breakfast on Adams. I think it's like right off Adams, if I'm not mistaken, in La Brea. And then, I've been there. Yeah, yeah. Yes, good stuff. As for the Donel Coffee. Um, because these places will have like options for you. So, uh, and then also, uh, Echo in Mexico restaurant, which is a Mexican restaurant in El Sereno on Huntington, uh, Huntington Boulevard, I want to say. Oh, nice. Um, I didn't yes. know about that. Oh, cool. Yes, yes, yes. Good so, yes, absolutely. Their food is amazing. Um, they've been very supportive. And so, need yes. yes. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, and then also there's, uh, the grocery stores that I mentioned earlier, um, the Green Store, Bocados, Manhattan Grocers, Gordon's Market, and Soul Made Market. Gotcha. And then hopefully I'll be able to announce some more. And then, you know, uh, stay, um, you know, follow me on social media. So you can, um, on Instagram, usually is kind of like where I start and just disseminate all the information from there. Uh, Dawn underscore Leo underscore coffee. Uh, usually that's where I will post um, any announcements like when there's any new uh, distribution channels and any restaurants and any new grocery stores that will have the product the coffee available for you to walk in and purchase and sometimes so, there's like percent off on yes, discounts every now and then of course like and on special occasions uh, I definitely will have like promotions uh, discounts uh, for whatever reason like uh like I did for Independence Day, I believe, uh, Salvador Independence Day. Uh, so stay tuned. I, I do come up with all kinds of different things for any reason. My birthday's coming up, so maybe I'll do something for that. I don't know, maybe. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm going like, to look look, keep that on, like, on the lookout. But definitely, thank you. Yes, thank yes. you so again. Thank you for the space. I appreciate it. I hope everyone enjoys the podcast. Yeah, no, definitely. And I hope they buy your coffee or at least yeah, are tell probably... your friends about it. Believe me, people, people don't know about it. Like, it's just a matter of word of mouth, um, you know, people knowing about it. Like I said, um, no one's going to buy a product that they don't know about. And, yes. you know, I take a lot of pride in telling people, here, try my coffee. So I'm learning coffee. Like, who does Like, 90% of the global population drinks coffee. And then the other 10% drink like tea. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> and that's okay. Uh, but my point is there's there are plenty of people that drink coffee. And then if you tell them like they should try this, they'll, they'll, they will. Yes. And it's a great product. And I take a lot of pride in saying that I feel like I represent you guys. I represent our people at Salvador proudly and, um, uh, you know, in a way that will make you proud as well. So I hope you will feel that way yes. as well. Yeah, so to the percent of Salvadorians that are based in LA, get your Don Leo coffee now. It's yes, it's so a, there's a lot of there's like close to two million. It's over yeah. like a million and a half. So yes, there's yeah, a there's a lot of us. There is yes. a lot of us. That's so. just in LA. I mean, around exactly. the country. Exactly. Yes, so. but 
Anyways, go get your Don Leo coffee. It is 100% worth it. We said it earlier, like this took me back to being in El Salvador literally just like, what, a few weeks ago? <laughs> Drinking coffee. So I, I'm so happy. Thank you again for gifting me the coffee as of well. Course, because of course. I, I mean, I, I couldn't like show up empty-handed. If you, <laughs> know, if you know Salvadoran culture, you can't just show up Thank you, yes. You can't do that. Like, and also, yes. we didn't mention this, but... In El Salvador, you know, like, during the day, there's a specific time where they take a break to just drink coffee yes. and have pan dulce. Sí, so. Oh, my God. I love it. There That's why every time I'm there, like, <laughs> you know, like after lunch, like, around 2 or 3 p.m., you know, Grandma would always be like, and then of course and everybody shows up randomly like my uncles would take a break from work and then just kind of swing by grandma's house and just have coffee and they'll know like i've got coffee there brewing yes, yes. so yeah no coffee is you walk into anyone's home the first thing they offer like cafecito and specifically and so, a salvadorian yes. home too <laughs> yeah oh absolutely a cafecito yes. con pan dulce yes, yes. so thank you know but thank you for giving bringing that you know feel here to this episode like of trust course, me this is totally like right. I, I was really happy to wake up this morning to be like i'm having salvadoran coffee today and i'm gonna talk yes, and work exactly. but you know so it's work that doesn't feel like work yes, but it's, it's yes. something you enjoy doing yes so thank you thank you again um like i said i can't stress this enough and if you're a coffee snob like if you're not even even if you're like not salvadorian get this coffee now and uh, i'm so 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 humble and grateful to thank you. be alongside and you know just drinking likewise, coffee likewise. so thank you again for coming on this show i hope this is not going to be the last time hopefully in the future we can do something yes, big do an absolutely. event Radio and times don't leo coffee yes. you know we can i'm gonna put it out there we can do like a live show and have the coffee there for yes. people like to buy and drink. Absolutely. So Absolutely. one I'm day, <laughs> yeah, let's do I'm it. All about it. <laughs> so thank you guys for tuning in. I'll see you on the next episode. Make sure to follow Christian on social media, and yeah, go get your coffee, guys. All right, salute.